Hello, my friends. It's Andy and Andy coming to you live from Yorba Linda, California. I only wanted to say that because we're going to a restaurant called Oceans and Earth, and it's here in our city. Yes. And um, we love that restaurant. Yes. It's a, it's a nice. All natural. All natural. Farm to table. Well, if you, it has, you know, usually they have uh, stars according to how much the cost is. What would you put it up? Four? No, three. Three? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you use the open table criteria. Mm. Yeah. So it's a, it's a manageable priced restaurant that it made no sense, but you know what I mean? Um, it's not cheap. Which is important because, I mean, we, we go to another restaurant called The Ranch and a steak is like $125. Yes. And, you know, a year ago it was $35. <laughs> it's so crazy um uh, we're reading from smith wigglesworth devotional and uh i am andy as you can see there you can see there go to the christian post and type in hedia's name you'll find all of our articles they are outstanding i just want to remind people that your last one has to do with um, a talk uh about suicide yes a discussion that you have about suicide and how this, admini- this administration is missing the boat on understanding the, the depths of, of suicidal tendencies. Yes. Uh, with, with people, especially kids these days. All right. Starting off on a very sour note, but that's important. It's important to read that article. All right. Uh, Smith's uh, devotional for January 27th is reaching out in faith. The reference is Mark 9.23, which says, Jesus said to him, if you can believe... All things are possible to him who believes. The scripture reading is Mark 9 through 1, Mark 9, 1 through 29. Smith says, We have a wonderful God, a God whose ways are past finding out, and those and whose grace and power are limitless. I was in Belfast one day and saw one of the brothers of the assembly. He said to me, Wigglesworth, I am troubled. I have a I have had a good deal of sorrow during the past five months. I had a woman in my church who could always pray for blessings, a blessing of heaven down on our meetings. She is an old woman, but her presence is always an inspiration. Five months ago, she fell and broke her leg. The doctors put it in a cast, but when they removed the cast, the bones were not properly set and she fell and broke the leg again. He took me to her house and there was a woman lying in a bed on the right hand side of the room. I said to her, well, what about it now? She said, they have sent me home incurable. The doctors say that I am so old that my bones won't knit. I love the words that they use. Right. I'm sorry about this Can you imagine a doctor saying that today? Sorry, (laughs) bone won't set. Yeah. There is no strength in my bones. They could not do anything for me. And they say I will have to lie in bed for the rest of my life. I said to her, can you believe God? She said, yes. Ever since I heard that you had come to Belfast, my faith has been quickened. If you will pray, I will believe. I know there is no power on earth that can make the bones of my leg knit, but I know that nothing is impossible with God. I said, do you believe he will meet you now? She answered, I do. Mm. It is grand to see people believe God. God knew all about this leg and that it was broken in two places. I said to the woman, when I pray, something will happen. Her husband was sitting there. He had been in his chair for four years and could not walk a step. He called out, I don't believe. I won't believe. You will never get me to believe. I said, all right. Okay. All righty. 
and laid my hands on his wife in the name of the Lord Jesus. The moment my hands were laid upon her, she cried out, I'm healed. Gotta love it. Gotta love Smith. I said, I'm not going to assist you to rise. God will do it. Uh, God will do it all. She arose and walked up and down the room, praising God. The old man was amazed <laughs> at what had happened to his wife. And he cried out, make me walk, make me walk. I said to him, you old sinner, repent. He cried out, Lord, you, you know, I believe. I don't think he meant what he said. <laughs> anyhow, anyhow, the Lord was full of compassion. If he marked our sins, where would we, where would any of us be? If we will meet the conditions, God will, God will always meet us if we believe all things are possible. I laid my hands on him, and the power went right through the old man's body. For the first time in four years, those legs received power to carry his body. He walked up and down and in and out of the room. He said, oh, what a great, what great <laughs> things God Sorry. has done for us tonight. Did you believe before you were saved? So many people want to be saved, but they want to feel saved first. There, was ne there never was a man who felt saved before he believed. God's plan is always the following. If you will believe, you will see the glory of God. I believe God wants to bring us all to, definite, to a definite place of unswerving faith and confidence in himself. In our text from Mark, Jesus uses the illustration of a mountain. Why does he say a mountain? If faith can remove a mountain, it can remove anything. The plan of God is so marvelous that if you will only believe, all things are possible. The thought for today Desire God, and you will have desires from God. What a story. This, this Smith Wigglesworth is just, <laughs> he's like a superhero. Right? Have you said that before? Yeah, he's a Christian superhero. Oh my gosh, he's like, he's the most amazing. Healer. Healer. Earthly healer. Yes. I just, I just want to do it once. He does well, it like every, every day, every episode. Have you ever tried? Yes, on my knee. Oh, no, it's harder to do on ourselves. Really? Yes. It's kind of like tickling yourself? Yes. Like it's just not the same? Have you ever tried tickling yourself? No. I can't. <laughs> I'm very ticklish. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I never knew that. <laughs> Come on. Um, uh, uh, before we go on, make sure you comment and let us know where you're watching from. If you're driving, pull over and just say hi. Uh, but just uh, let us know. Let us know what you think about Smith and his incredible ability to heal. And what you think about this devotional? Uh, what are the first things that come to mind when uh, when we read this devotional? Uh, I'm gonna go a little. I'm gonna take a theme and go a little bit off the track. Okay. Okay. So I never do that, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, miracles can happen if you believe, and the question is, do you believe? Do you have the faith to believe? And I'm struggling this week with an article I've got to write about um, this very famous rap singer, Christian rap artist. Um, named Fanatic, who's recently denounced his faith. And he's been to Bible college and he went to seminary and he's just saying there's parts of the scripture I just cannot accept. And I'm denouncing the Christian faith that I had held so dear and that I had brought so many people to and I have issues, but he doesn't tell us what the issues are. Uh, we all and, have issues. Right? And, and so when my editor asked me if I wanted to comment on it, I said, wow, who am I to comment? I've been Christian five minutes. I have never been to seminary. I don't know what scripture he's referring to that he's troubled by. I can't 
provide any intelligent comment. And then in uh, worship last night at church, the Lord was like, no, you're going to write about it because you're going to write about your own experience and you're going to write about some of the things that he pointed out. And so this is, and these are the themes that keep coming back to me is you can't over intellectualize God. I don't know what parts of scripture he's struggling with the definitions, the translation of the words. Um, he struggles with the infallibility of God's word, whatever. If you put that aside, if you can put that aside, mm -hmm. when you have a supernatural experience with God, like this man, like this woman, like the hundreds of experiences Smith has, how can you deny the existence of God? You work out your salvation with fear and trembling because you know he exists and you work backwards. Like for me, I had a supernatural encounter to Jesus with Jesus. And then when the moment passed, I flipped out at the thought of being a Christian. So I had to intellectualize my faith after the supernatural experience because I know I had just met God. When you say intellectualize, what, what do you mean? Meaning... Did he really part the sea? How could he have really okay. part the sea? Did Noah really build a boat? Yeah. You know what I mean? Same and problems. The word, yeah, the word, the word was swam. But did he swim? How could he really have swam? In the Hebrew, swim means, you know, to tread water. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm just like, oh. And for me, I was struggling with the big issues. Oh my goodness, am I a polytheist? How did God come down and wrap himself into flesh? And like, so I had, and because I had an open heart from that supernatural experience, the Lord downloaded information to bring my heart peace. But when I went to our pastor and told him, you know, I was thinking of going to seminary, he's like, no, don't do that. At this age, at this point in your career, that's not. That's not why. Study the Bible, get resources. If you're smart enough to, to learn on your own, then don't. And now I realize the wisdom of that because a lot of people, one, there's a lot of seminaries that have teachers that sign a testimony of faith but don't actually believe. And they, mm -hmm. they over-intellectualize the relationship with God. His ways are above our ways. He's, it's just like they said in the scripture, you, you have to, a part of it has to be by faith. Most importantly, once you receive the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, uh, one of the things that um, Fanatic said is that he went to all of the great scholars and read their material and then criticized it in his mind and in, in his intellect and then went to the liberal scholars and rationalized what they were saying. Like, instead of going to prayer and fasting and going to the Holy Spirit and said, Lord, I believe, but help me with my unbelief, mm. he went to people. I mean, this is what he says himself. I don't, I, I'm going simply by what he has said. And I was struggling because I don't want to go toe to toe with him about an intellectual argument about the semantics of the words of the Bible. What I, what I want to tell people is meet Jesus Christ. Don't judge him based on what the church is doing. Don't judge him based on what scholars have said. Mm -hmm meet Jesus Christ, ask the Holy Spirit um, to talk to you, to console you. He is the great counselor. The Lord says he will teach you all things that I have told you. And yet some people are going away from faith. One more point.
The amazing thing is at this period of time, these people are leaving faith and this intellectual atheist giant like Jordan Peterson is going towards faith. And it's so interesting to watch the two experiences because Jordan Peterson spent his entire career rationalizing why God isn't necessary and yet realizes that everything about God points to everything about scripture and life and the design of the universe points to the existence of God. So some people are running towards and others are running away and how important it is to hold on to our faith and to believe. It's interesting. Little discussion. It was awesome. Did you like it? And it's interesting because it's a, you know, Jack and, and, I, and I believe, well, Pastor Jack of Calvary Chapel, Juno Hills, uh, and then Mark Driscoll of uh, Trinity Church in Scottsdale, Arizona. They often talk about some of the things, the discoveries after, you know, the, you know, the, you know just in the recent times uh, that they've, you know, whether it's the Dead Sea Scrolls. Right. You know, and, and that's the historical evidence. Yeah. Of the existence. That each time they have a discovery, it doesn't take away from truth of God and right. the existence of Jesus Christ and that he died on the cross and, and was resurrected. It, it just enhances it. Right. You, you, you think at some point something would come along that would say, ah, oh, now, and they always think, right. They was, now we gotcha. And then in the end they go, Oh, well, that's what this gentleman mm -hmm. claims is that scholars have pointed to the inconsistencies in the Bible and I cannot ignore them anymore. He doesn't tell us what they are. Right. Um, but that's, I think, the danger of, and I'm not saying to be ignorant. See, it's such a difficult subject because you can't tell people be ignorant. Right. You know, don't study the Bible because you may find something wrong with it. Uh, I'm not saying that at all, but there's got to be an element of the supernatural. God was not speaking only to our minds or our emotions because he also adds that he hit a massive depression. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, ah. Did you deal with the depression? Because he doesn't talk at all about going through therapy. He talks about dissecting the Bible. And I was like, well, maybe you should have addressed also the emotional trauma you were going through. And what, what was the source of that? You know, you can't blame that on God. And maybe if you are blaming God for that, you haven't done the work. Your emotion, the emotional work you need to do to work through those issues. But it's, for me, a very difficult subject because... You don't want to sound like you're encouraging ignorance because I'm absolutely not. And you don't want to be to sound arrogant that you know better than a person who's been to seminary and studied the Bible for 20 years. You know, mm -hmm. um, do you wonder if it's just one of the, some of those issues that, that there's only a man and woman? Like if he's getting caught up in this whole idea that there's more than that. And he's like, going, but, you know, I don't believe that there's only a man and woman. But the Bible says there's only a man and woman. There's and issues there's like people I know have hotly contested the issue of sodomy, whether homosexuality, homosexuality is banned. A lot of people are hinting that he's gotten caught up in the social justice issues, that the conservative evangelical church has done him wrong, like the way they've approached the social justice issues. And that, you know, has taken a lot of people out of the church yeah. because they're judging Christ by what the Christians are doing. Um, and we, we never can do that. We're all wretched sinners. We're not supposed to judge our relationship with Christ based on what our brothers and sisters do. Right. I 
can take this in so many different directions. <laughs> but uh, I want I do want to hit this article that I pulled up that I actually posted today on my Facebook page, and it's called and it says the title is "How Famed Atheist Richard Dawkins, Dawkins. Led Me to Become a Christian." Um, and in the end, and you'd have to read the whole article. I'm not going to read the whole thing to you, but in the end, the final sentence is this. So it was actually Dawkins teaching this atheist uh-huh. to find evidence that led me to turn away from atheism and to embrace Christianity. And Jordan Peterson says a similar thing about Sam Harris. Mm. He's debated Sam Harris numerous times and found his faith growing stronger <laughs> as a result. Yeah. Which is important. That, that's more of an open, this is the in, intellectual, um, the, let me, me reword it. It's the importance of having somebody that actually uses a thought process and critical thinking as opposed to blindly following. Right. Some people cr- uh, claim that Christians are blindly following, and that's not at all. Well, Maybe. that's the problem when you right. say to rely on faith, right? Yeah. Is, is that, but you don't want to overly intellectualize it. You don't want to overly critical. critical. Thinking, but critical thinkers like uh, Jordan Peterson, and this guy, he, he listens and he processes and he looks up and he researches. And, and, and when he does that, it just takes him closer to becoming well, Christian. Well, that's what Fanatic yeah. did too, but it yeah. took him away from being Christian. Yeah, well, he's wrong. Yeah, <laughs> but see, that's the thing is, is that there has to be an element of the supernatural. There has to be an element of faith because that's what this passage of scripture, I love this father. He's like, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. That's the posture we take when we go to the Lord, which is really, I want to believe you. I do believe you, but help me with these things that I'm struggling with. And that is why we receive the indwelling. That's why I left Islam, because this is the God who's alive, who's, who knows you, who speaks to you, who knows our infirmities and will comfort you. But if we go to man instead of God, then it is, you know, then you run the risk mm-hmm. of being talked out of your faith. And there's some people, for whatever reason, they come to a place where they want to be talked out of. Right. And so they'll follow um, certain influencers. Exactly. That will tell them what they want to hear. Exactly. I mean, you you look at the mask issue. I I have found through research and study and and looking through a bunch of different stuff and finding no less than 20 studies that say that the mask will not stop a virus and that masks don't work for what it is that they're telling people to be masked for. It's, it doesn't do anything. And, um, but you can it, find opposite studies too. No, there's not one. Hmm. There's, there's one that they did that has no, that the, the way that they held the, the basically the study was to have the, a, a, a certain outcome. And it had to do with a certain amount of schools and it had to do with this district. But then they took schools that were out of the district and it was completely, they did everything they could to make it look like masks work. So there's only one. And that's out of Colorado. But when you put it against the 20 that are ran by scientists and doctors and people in the CDC, I mean, the CDC is one of the places where most of these people follow. The CDC just came out last week with a, uh, with a, a notice on their website that says masks make no difference. And so here they've been following, but in, in everybody gets canceled for saying that masks don't work or their, their posts get, uh, um, 
that taken off the social medias. But then when the CDC says masks don't have a consider make a considerable difference against the virus, they did nothing. So you, but but everybody now now the people that were following the CDC when it said that you should wear a mask, now that it says you don't need to wear a mask, they don't want to follow it. Yeah. So they've been taken so far off that now they don't even want to believe what some of the people that they've been following have changed their mind and changed their position on something. They're, now they're so far gone that they're blind to the things that are now, you know, new information. They're blind to new information. So they thought they had a, you know, that the CDC would always support the masking. But now the CDC says, man, the masks don't make much of a difference at all. <laughs> now they don't want to see it. So yeah. you, you become, you put these blinders on that you're so stuck. And now you either, you don't want to have to go back to your friends and say, I was wrong or I made a mistake or I'm sorry. Um, that they get stuck and now they just don't want to see the truth. And, and perhaps that's the same with Fanatic, that um, he just was, was in search for people that would help him with his decision to move away. Yeah. For whatever reason. Right. We, sometimes I, I don't know that we always know what that is. They, it could have been, you know, something that happened to him. Right. That he was disappointed. Maybe he prayed to God for something and never got it. Right. Or he could be like I was, and what uh, happens in the, um, oh, wow, we haven't even gotten the scripture yet. Sorry. Uh, here towards the end where it says that you, you want, uh, did you believe before you were saved? So many people want to be saved, but they want to feel saved first. <laughs> and so that's how I was. I go, okay, show me a miracle. Yeah. You show me a miracle and then I'll believe in you. Right. I live by, I can tell you, I lived my life by that. I just want, you know, I, I believe in you kind of, sort of. But once you make the the once you make the effort, God, once you do your thing and show me that there's that you have superpowers, I, I'm not going to be full. I'm not going to be all in. Right. I'm going to have one foot out, one foot in, and like you know the song. Um, but that's uh, that's the, the the thing that made me really um, look at this uh, and take me back to a place where that's where I was exactly that I needed to see something first and. God had to do it first. Like God cared <laughs> about my, my opinion. He cares about you. He cares about me, but you know, my opinion, he goes, dude, you'll see. I'm just going to, I'm going to wait. You make, make you wait longer than most people. I'm going to wait till you're, you're like in your late fifties. <laughs> just for Better that. Better late than never. <laughs> to him, that was a snap of the fingers. Right. right. To us, it was a very, very long time. Hey, let's read Mark uh, nine, one through 29. And this is when Jesus goes on the Mount of Transfiguration. And he said to them, truly, I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God has come with power. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led him up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became a dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could have bleached them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it's good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. God bless Peter, just bumbling constantly. <laughs> he did not know what to say. They were so frightened. Then a cloud appeared and covered them, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man has risen from the dead. They kept the matter to themselves, discussing what risen from the dead meant. And they asked him, 
why did the teachers of the law say Elijah must come first? Jesus replied, to be sure, Elijah does come first and restores all things. When then it is written that the Son of Man must suffer so much and be rejected. But I tell you, Elijah has come and they have done to him everything they wished, just as it is written about him. When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. And as soon as the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about? He asked. A man in the crowd answered, teacher, I brought my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes the teeth and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy to the ground into a convulsion. He fell and rolled around and foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered, it has often thrown him into the fire or water to try to kill him. But if you could do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for the one who believes. Everything is possible for the one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, oh, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not drive it out? And he replied, this kind can come out only with prayer and fasting. Nice. Romans eleven thirty-three. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. See, that's, that's the wonder of God, right? Is that the mysteries, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways are past finding out. If you lose sight of that, you lose the, the faith, the power to believe in the, in the supernatural, to believe in God. So he says, uh, how unsearchable, he means you can't even use Google? No. Duck, duck, go. Duck, duck, go. <laughs> John eleven forty. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Who was he talking to? I forgot. Uh, Mary, about Lazarus being dead uh, in the tomb for four days. And she's like, what are you doing? He's dead. He was like, oh, well, I told you. Uh, told you he'd, he'd come out. And that's when he got a little smelly. Yes. Stench. <laughs> yeah, like one of my kids the other day. In the room, I go, I think it's time to take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's how you could tell. Um, just really quick, just really fast. I know um, that we we have reservations for our, our restaurant that we told you about in the, early, in the minute, and she's going to start kicking me. Um, but uh, last night, there was something that I want to remember about the message last night. So uh, at Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, Jack Hibbs um, has what essentially is a Bible study. Is that what he calls it? Always. On Wednesday night? Of course. And it's on um, Hebrews right now. We're in Hebrews. And there was something in particular. Oh, the four-faced thing. Seraph. Seraphim. Can you tell me about that again? So there's a... It, it, 
What were the, you had the eagle, you had the, uh, uh, they ox. represent the four gospels. So it's, it's seraphs that have one head, four faces. It's the ox, the lion, the man, and, uh, the eagle. Hmm. And you're going to make me. Yes. I, <laughs> No, last night we were talking about. <laughs> I know, but I didn't memorize which gospels which. Hold on. Luke, the man. Mm -hmm. Eagle, the the uh eagle which is God. Uh John. Uh Matthew, the ox cuz he's the servant. Right. And Mark is what was the last one? Ox. Lion, ox. Man. So what have I not said yet? Eagle, ox, eagle, ox, lion, man. That's four. That's four. So did I do all four? I think so. Okay. Let's try again. Eagle. Eagle is the one that's like God, John. Uh, man is Luke. Ox. Matthew and Mark. Lion. Uh, the lion is Mark. Matthew is the ox. Awesome. Look at you. So good. See, I knew you'd do it. Is that the first time again? Another first for me. I had no idea about that. Seraphim? Yes. I, you know what? I don't, uh, he called them the seraph. So I don't know if the seraphim, the plural is the same as the seraph. So I don't want to say seraphim because mm. he repeatedly said seraph. So let's stick with the word um, that we know to be correct. You know, one of your favorite things is when I ask you questions that I didn't tell you I was going to ask you. Really, you don't you, like I love that. it. Really, don't like that. <laughs> but you did really good. I yeah. Um, okay. I couldn't even remember the animals, much less the. <laughs> but it's just such a cool thing because I'd never heard that before. So for me, it was great. My favorite part of the message last night is that when he was talking about when you have your arm up. You can't see my arm out the window and the wind moved your hand up and down. That was my favorite part because I used to do that when I was a kid. Yeah, all the time. No we all did. Where we drove, stick my arm out the window. Yes. And then when I was in the back seat with my sister, I would tell her to stick her arm out the window. I would stick my arm out the window and then we would go like this at the same time. And then people thought the car had wings. <laughs> you think the so? People thought, yeah, they, they go away. That car ahead of us has wings. <laughs> <laughs> we were convinced. God does that. At one point... <laughs> It was interesting how Jack got there. He was talking about that God is in control, I think, of everything visible the invisible. and invisible. Yes. And he said, when your hand, you could feel the, the, the molecules of the invisible air. Right. He even controls that. Right. Everything's from God and he controls everything. I thought that was it. It's actually the car moving that causes it. But who am I? <laughs> no, but it's not just the car moving. It's the wind pushing over because the car is moving. Mm -hmm. You know, the the velocity that it's creating is making the wind push against your hand because your hand's trying to be st static while the car's moving that brings in an, an important thing and back to this uh what's the guy's name again the, the perfect nugan guy <laughs> fanatic fanatic nugget. that was close <laughs> um is that you can't see air but it's there right can't see love but it's there you can't see love but it's there um gravity how are we stuck to this earth Right. Why are we not the stars, the sky, the sunset? That's where all, I, that's where I often go when I begin to get this weird, like, you know what? Is God really that powerful? Did he, you know, did he really 
Is, to see. Did he did he write the Bible through men? I mean, all these things that well, you got air, don't you? You can see those jets flying in the air. How are they staying up? In? There's got to right. be it's some something something incredible. Got to believe the gravity, in the unseen. The fact that the planets, there is no other configuration that would be uh, that would allow us to have what we have. They saw a uh, the planets. Uh, revolving rotation. rotation, I was saying revolving rotation and the sun and all of the things working together, how it causes the, the seas to rise and fall to the rivers flowing. Like it, it has to be perfect. Yes. Like, it's not accident. Or they would collide. Right. So you just look at all these things and it'll shake you up and you'll say, I can't explain that. Yes. Right? It's, it's unexplainable how that all happened. So you, you have to have faith or else you would be really stupid. <laughs> how's that how's that for an analogy oh sorry i'm looking at all these headlines over there the christian post has some really good headlines today i would follow that um if you don't already follow christian post because they've got a whole bunch of really good articles um on covid jordan peterson mel gibson and mark Wahlberg are coming out with a new movie called father stew looking forward to that fanatic a whole bunch of good stuff so and, and make sure you follow everything that that hedia does and lastly you know the other great thing about the Christian Post? Yes. Really? Yes. What is, what is it? The Edify app. What about the Edify app? That we're the top five recommended podcasts for 2022. <laughs> yes. And this is how you get it. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcast today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. E-D-I-F-I dot app. I'm just reading an article around the Christian Post. It's about a new show coming out on Netflix, which uh, I did ban from our home, but somehow it creep, creeped back in. Well, I'm, I'm not paying for it. <laughs> well, I guess kind of am. But it's uh, the new uh, Netflix film coming out called Home Team. It stars Kevin James, which I like him. He's hilarious. And Taylor Lautner. Oh, no. Taylor Lautner says the Netflix film highlights the importance of fathers. So important. Yes. I've been talking about that a lot on my California Parent Alliance podcast and other things. That, uh, dads need to be involved as much as the moms. It's great to go to these school board meetings. Um, and see fathers there. Amen. Uh, because in the beginning, I was the only father. Yep. Maybe me and one other guy. But uh, now a ton of fathers are coming. It's awesome. Great. I love it. All right, my friends. That's how you get the Edify app. Uh, make sure and uh, subscribe to ours. And then you can look around after that. Anything else, my love? That's it. You hungry? I am. I'm looking forward to our meal there at Oceans and Fire. And Earth. Earth. Oceans and Earth. All right. Thank Ready. you, everyone. God, God bless. bless. Take care. Bye. Bye.